listening to Nerds on Film with Roxy Noberry, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty. Okay, so before we really launch into this episode, we have to make two super important announcements. Um, for one, we owe a huge congratulations to Nerds on Film co-founder Dave McGuire because he just got married on Saturday. Yay! Yay, Dave! Yeah, we just were at the wedding. It was fantastic. Oh my God, it was so hot. It was like 101 degrees. It was also just very hot, just in general. Yeah, but like most good parties, it ended in the pool. So we all, <laughs> there's actually a video of Dave and his wife jumping into the pool and she jumped in in her wedding dress. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't a very poofy dress. Um, it was beautiful. Uh, we also owe another uh, shout out to Roxy because yesterday she turned, uh, well, I shouldn't say her age, but yesterday was her birthday. Okay. And she spent her you birthday. Never tell a woman's age. Never say a woman's age. It's true. I will say that she's the age now that if she asks her age from this point forward, it's going to be that number. So for those of people who know who are good at math, they'll know the answer. But she spent her uh, she spent her birthday in Disneyland, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah, lovely. I'm jealous. And right? I yeah, know. <laughs> I've spent my birthday in Disneyland, and it's actually. It's arguably the best place to spend your birthday. I, I think people that, that might have to happen nice. this year for me. People are super nice. That people just a... like will people you don't know if you wear your happy birthday bin will just say, "Hey, happy birthday!" Yeah, your happy birthday bin. Happy birthday pin. Oh, pin. <laughs> um, yeah. In fact, the one time I was there on my birthday, the best thing was I was at uh, the Mad Hatter in Fantasyland, or no, Mad Hatter is in Main Street, right? And uh, we were trying on hats. And I was about to get rung up for something. And finally, the cast member said, hey, happy birthday. I said, thank you. I said, great. Have you received your phone call yet? I was like, what What? What are you talking about? She's like, And she got really surprised. She's like, you haven't gotten your phone call yet? Oh, oh, my God. And then she goes to her cast member. He hasn't gotten his phone call yet. Well, excuse me, sir. Hold on one moment. She picks up the phone. Dow's like a bunch of numbers. She picks it. And she's like, uh-huh. Yeah, no, no. He's here. Uh-huh. Okay, hang on a second. Someone wants to talk to you. And I pick up the phone, and it's Goofy. And Goofy sang me happy birthday. Oh, that's cute. It was... That's really sweet. Beautiful. They, Disney does a great job with birthdays. Yeah, that and is... that it melted my heart. Because um, at that point, I was a young and slightly cynical 23-year-old who had just turned 24. And I was a little skeptical of Disney, and that warmed me over to like, oh my god, you guys, I am... From this point forward, I am a hardcore Disney fan. Oh, that's awesome. So, that sounds like a great birthday experience. And so Roxy got to go to the park by herself, which means that she got to do whatever she wanted to do. Yeah, and she got to walk take on almost every line. Yeah, she yeah. could just like, and single rider this, single that's rider that. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, totally. And uh, she got to- great pictures with Mickey and Minnie, which I is, saw. This is great. So, by the way, you're probably wondering, hey, wait, wait, wait a second, who are these people, and what are they doing who, on who our are podcast? These, who are these randos? Brian just picked us up off the street and well, uh, why don't I just promised introduce us alcohol. Well, why don't I just, well, wow. <laughs> why don't you just say I drove up in a white van while you're at it, too? It said free booze. There were no windows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was me nervously sipping my, my cocktail. Uh, why don't I let you guys just introduce yourselves? So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerds on Film. I am Brian Moriarty. I am Princess Consuela Banana Hammock. Can you say your real name, please? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm Vanessa Alvarez. 
And I'm Adam Catugno. There you go, guys. So, first of all, uh, everyone has heard Vanessa on the podcast before. She was on the Oscar episode earlier this year. And she was also on the Star Wars episode like three years ago. Just kind of like in the background, like jumping in with, with the occasional thought. Oh, I think I jumped in on an Oscar podcast when you guys were in my apartment that one year, too. Yes, you did. You were kind of in the background. And she's been on the background subtly. Well, this time we decided to make her full-fledged co-host for this episode. And we also wanted to bring in my dear friend, Adam Katugno, uh, who... Hi. Hello, friend. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> it's it's an audio medium. I know. I just I just waved. And I I, I mean, it was more for, for it's, Ryan and Vanessa. It's, like, it's hey, okay. But we, we gesticulate and do very visual-based jokes all all the time. Yes. And we just hope that their listeners use theater of the mind and like pick it up. Um, but they usually they don't and they just feel weird. But um, especially because they're driving and like they're usually most people listen to this podcast in the car. True. Most yeah. podcasts. I, I do. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, know but it's I a do. good spot for it. I mean, hey, listen, to this, listen to this podcast sucks. while you're driving. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you're probably wondering why. Well, where's Gina? Where's Roxy? Where's Sean? Well, Sean. In my you, trunk. Well, I was gonna say that it's for true. after. It's true. I saw. We him. went Sicario with them. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, they're in like they're wrapped up in like painters wrap, painter sheets, and it's not pretty. Um, it's actually very horrifying. Um, I just woke up and then I found them there, and I was covered in blood. Sorry. But anyway, the real answer is: Did I get? Did I make that weird? I'm sorry. No, I, mean, I was, was going to say it's a tragedy. It's, oh, it's, you guys, we don't like Brian without the rest of you. <laughs> He's no. scary. <laughs> no, so in all, well, so seriousness, Roxy is in Disneyland at this very moment, so she couldn't be here. Sean, as you may have known, um, has taken on a second podcast called The Whiskey Reel, and he unfortunately double booked himself, so he had a podcast to record tonight and could not be able to be here for the recording. And then Gina was also unavailable. Um, for some other very important reason that I can't remember at this point. So I'm sure it was very important. Yeah. And Dave, well, we asked Dave, but Dave's, Dave just got married. He's kind of on his honeymoon. That's kind of fair. Yeah, that's a fair. Yeah, that's a, that's a totally that's fair, fair that excuse. So we decided that, you know what, we were thinking about skipping a week. And I said, well, you know what, we just moved. I have one awesome roommate who I'm legally binding myself to. Oh, I thought you weeks. were talking about Adam. And I mean, <laughs> and I have, an, and I, have I mean, we awesome... we haven't drawn up the contract yet, so <laughs> you know there is some legally binding. I think things that are pending and in I terms have, of roommate. Yeah, exactly. And I have another awesome roommate who um, has great opinions about movies and provides free alcohol. So um, <laughs> we. Oh, that one's me. Got yeah. it. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. There he is. Actually, it could have been either of us. Well, this is actually true. perfect because looking in my background, I see this beautiful. Is this is this an original? This yeah, little... yeah. These are so oh, I have yeah, I have three yeah, in my in my we're we're recording. If only you all could see this segue. So Adam, <laughs> yeah. So Adam is a huge Disney movie nerd because if you can see his, we're in his office right now. We have Disney, Disney, Disney on these walls. There's a bunch of Disney. It's true. Like, there's a beautiful painting of fireworks at the Magic Kingdom. Or actually, no, it's right. It's Disneyland. Yeah, but Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got a movie poster framed of Wally, gorgeous. In the center, movie poster of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mmm, spicy. It's a, it's and then an over on the left, one, yeah. an original, an original Jurassic Park movie poster. Yep. Actually, I think the Jurassic Park one, I think, is original. And the, the Rocky Horror one is actually an addition one. So it's actually one of the original Rocky Horror Picture Show posters as well. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So if you look at the bottom, it's 75 out of 127. It's like one of the original releases that, that went to movie oh, theaters. Holy shit. I got it as shit. a birthday gift from a dear friend, Samantha. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, and then I, you know, I bought the Wally poster uh, myself. I think it's actually the British, uh, the British poster because it says yeah, it says in, it says in, in cinemas, cinemas, not in theaters, <laughs> right? In cinemas, I'm going to do cinema, but to I, see I Wally. like the design of this one better. Um, it's, yeah, it's just more more thematically my, my so. Style. Vanessa, you've been on the podcast, so I don't, I don't feel inclined to ask you as many questions. But Adam, I know you in particular. You have several movie series that you are like serious a serious fan of. All things Disney for sure. All things Pixar. It's true. Definitely for sure. It's true. I love Disney. But, My Little Pony. But if we have to branch, he's a pony. <laughs> yeah. But if we have to, if we have to branch outside of the sphere of Disney, you have a really deep love. For dinosaurs, it's true, and for parks that are Jurassic, it's true. I I do love parks that are quite Jurassic. Maybe some Cretaceous. Uh, no, I do. I love, I love uh, the Jurassic Park uh, movie series. is is kind of a favorite of mine. I mean, I saw Jurassic Park in the theaters with my dad. Um, you know the 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 cinematic the cinema release, right? And uh, I remember that. Um, it was actually too loud for me. The T-Rex scene was like, yeah. they had the speakers like blasting. So yeah. it was like, I actually had to cover my ears as a eight-year-old kid. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I love that series, the Jurassic Park series just in general and the whole trilogy of mi- movies there and then Jurassic World. and Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for me, when I first saw it, I actually didn't see Jurassic Park in theaters. The first time I saw it was through, vid- it was on video. And I mean, I think it's still got the full weight of it yeah um but i didn't see it till the 20th anniversary that they did in 2013 with um that they did in 3d yes oh so you saw the 3d one i oh didn't see that when the it 3D was, one was amazing i so yeah i i really wanted to see it and i had a I, I wanted to buy the 3d version of it for a while and um yeah so i'm 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 jealous that you saw that one <laughs> well, well, there's a couple of shots that it's so funny because I mean, obviously the movie was not shot in three D. Right, right. They they obviously did a conversion. Of they did some a conversion, sort. right? But the conversion they did, Steven Spielberg. I hope he was in the room because the shots they converted, the, the shots played toward a three D audience, particularly the scene where the jeep is in the tree. Yep, I was gonna oh say. Oh my there's, god, that there's, there are a bunch of shots in that movie that I can think of that would that, work and so course, well in three right, D. Totally, like especially like when they're in the car and the D, the T Rex is Yes, when they're chasing them and they're driving away. That like, whole scene. Absolutely. That entire like, scene so great. Yeah, that entire scene was brilliant in three D. Jeff took, Goldblum it just must must go faster. Um, must um, must go, go faster. faster. Must yeah, go faster. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Um and that's a perfect segue because we've talked about the, the Jurassic Park movies before. In fact, we talked about them five years ago, I feel like. It's been a long time. And then we also talked about Jurassic World about three years ago. But as I'm sure you guys know, the sequel of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom just came out. And we all saw it. Vanessa and I saw it this morning. Adam, you saw it Friday evening? Uh, Friday night, yeah. So you had time for to kind of marry it a di- little bit. A little bit of digestion time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Being that you're a person who has such firm opinions about the Jurassic World or Jurassic Park universe, mm-hmm. <laughs> we thought we'd devote this episode to a table roundtable discussion about that movie. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that what sounds we're doing. great. So, uh, I really want to hear your opinions on it. So, what was your impression walking out of the theater? Well, <laughs> I um, <laughs> so I think the I had pretty. I had low expectations for the movie because it's a sequel 
And so sequels occasionally are, you <laughs> it's know, not just a sequel. It's like the. It's like a sequel. It's a sequel. It's movie? a sequel in the second trilogy of movies, right? So you you have um, you know, you it's have Jurassic the to Park the reboot, basically. Right, exactly. You have Jurassic Park, Lost World, Jurassic Park three, and then you have Jurassic World, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and then that's in theory there's a, I think supposed to be a third movie. So that's well, the, the plot definitely opens it up. It it does for that. sure. And, for and the I, th- record, I think they planned it as a as a trilogy, but I, I'm not sure. Yeah, and for the record, we're gonna do all spoilers for this, so we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. If you haven't seen the movie yet, stop now. We love you. We'll see you later. Yeah. Um, come come back and listen after they after die. seeing the film. Exactly. Uh, as we used to say on the old Nerds on Film podcast, we'll wait. Welcome, Welcome back. back. <laughs> oh, I didn't know the cue. I'm sorry. Oh, it's all right. Well, Welcome, ba- Welcome back. Vanessa, so, <laughs> Vanessa and I are getting married in three weeks, which I'm super excited about. Uh, as I should be, because I'm like, if I would not say that, I'm like, there's something horribly wrong. Um, but she's listened to every single episode of Nerds on History and Nerds on Film. So I need yes. to I need to catch up. I'm sorry. It's okay. I have listened to a couple of episodes. But I, I, you know, that's fine. You don't have to be I'm, a fan. No, 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 no. I'm catching up. I'm catching up. In a it's, while, though, it's to be true. honest, it's good. It's I'm going to catch up. Don't it's worry. Fine. You don't have to be a fan <laughs> to be on the show. It's okay. Get out. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Um, okay. So seriously, so, so what, opinions, opinions, opinions. Um, so the the film is a great. Uh, it, it's really good for lot you know if you're into just the lots of dinosaurs thing um it's really good it's good as a general action movie if you have pretty low expectations i think of just like i'm gonna just go and see a bunch of explosions and see a bunch of you know just a just a a bunch of like actiony type stuff for me as a as a true fan of the (laughs) jurassic park uh franchise i'll say um I, i was a little disappointed it it felt it felt like it left a lot to be desired. Okay, in what way? Well, um, I felt like a lot of the shots in the film or a lot of the choices made in the film were um, were very predictable, you know. And, and I, I feel like that was the case for Jurassic World as well, you know. So the Jurassic World, the, the first Jurassic World, uh, we're talking, you know, today we're talking about Fallen Kingdom, but the original Jurassic World had huge overtones of the original Jurassic Park. Yeah, it felt like it was mostly fan service, right? Yeah, it felt a lot like fan service and and there's a there's a big amount of that that was um, you know, copying from Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. And even though that was the case, it was still really enjoyable. I think a big part of that is the environment that it's in. You know, being in the park, the the quote unquote park environment mm-hmm. of Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World. Um, there's a lot more that can go wrong and a lot higher stakes uh, to the film, and so that made it really very high stakes. You're really invested in it, and you're 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 just like, oh my god, I I really want to find. Even though it was a copy, you you really want to find out what's happening. Um, or what, you know, what, like, how is this going to end? Uh, and I didn't feel that way for Jurassic Park, uh, sorry, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Like, I I just didn't feel, uh, I didn't feel like I was as invested in it Mm. as as I was for the original Jurassic World even. Um, so it was, it was, was, overall, again, it was enjoyable. Um, I, I would certainly go see it, but I, I was not, uh, I, I wasn't, um... 
it it, it didn't do justice for yeah. me to the to the the franchise. Well, I'm very curious to hear Vanessa talk about it because we were right next to each other the whole time, and I know that most of it, so we, were, all, we were slightly distracted for part of it because there was a very small child there with oh my his God. dad. <laughs> this kid, there was a kid. He couldn't have been more than five years old, probably more like four. And the whole time he was it, like, so um, caveat. We were there for a 9.45 a.m. On a Sunday morning. On a Sunday morning. And this kid was full on eating his Twix candy bar ice cream oh, and man. had a Coke slushy. Delicious. I was just like, he's the living the thing, dream this the, morning. Yeah, that kid was The best part was like when, heaven. Got, when, when the, the, the movie started, like you could see him. He was like this. He was like, his head was cocked down. He was, he was in. focused. He was like a five-year-old at a birthday party who found the last cupcake and saw the obstacle course in between him. He was focused. He was ready. And he was just like mainlining popcorn. <laughs> he and was then... ready to go. And the best part was later on in the movie, when there was supposed to be something horrific happening with the dinosaurs, the dad tries to cover his face, so he covers his eyes, and the kid just pushes the, the hand back up. He's ready to go. He's not scared in the least bit. He clearly loved the shit out of that movie. Oh, I thought it was... Interesting listening to you talk, and when I reflect back on it, um, thinking about how much this new trilogy seems to kind of follow the footprint of the original. Because the first movie, you have a park preview, essentially. Uh, first, so, and then and it's Mirror Jurassic World, you have park in already functioning. Mm-hmm. It's still fairly new, but. It's, we're in the park again. You're in the world and of the, the theme park. And the second one, they're going into... I'm trying to remember Lost World. They're doing like... I can't remember. They're yeah. not collecting them. They're well, doing so, research or something. Well, so the whole thing about Lost World is that they find... So there's so it's very important to know the distinction, right? So Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom all take place on Isla Nubar. Yes. Uh, and the island... And JP3... And, and Lost World and Lost take World place on Isla, Isla Sorna, Sorna, which was yep. the backup island. Basically, that's that, yes. that's Site B. That's so site if you B. if you read the books, mm-hmm. the the books actually go into a ton of detail about this stuff, which is you know it's very fascinating. So if you haven't read them and you're the book reading type, definitely check it out. Totally. Well, and um, essentially, so you have a you know a team of people who mean well to go in in both this Fallen Kingdom and in Lost World, Mm -hmm. they're going in and they possibly get double-crossed by other people who are on the island who are there to just capture the dinosaurs exactly right exactly right, right, it's like right. it's a it's just not it's another film where it's a copy um yeah. you know there's there's a lot there's there's yeah. themes at least themes yeah. that are copied and, and i think that is 100 intentional too because when oh, i saw absolutely. when i saw jurassic world i thought it was kind of clever because it was obviously a recycling i think it was very much a recycling of jurassic park but if yes. it had worked but exactly yeah. but it's like but we figured it all out it's okay yeah but it's never okay but it's like it's not okay yeah like, let's treat and, you teach you the lesson here yeah. uh for me just like first impressions once the movie started when they announced this whole like the dinosaurs are in trouble and there's a volcano is going to wipe them out personally i mean this may be an unpopular opinion but i'm like let the volcano take them (laughs) they shouldn't exist anyway i was so on malcolm's side yeah Yeah. of course goldblum makes a brief appearance in the beginning and the end of the film giving his senate testimony about that and he does it he calls back ian malcolm perfectly yeah it's fantastic Um, his characterization is just so good 
kind of feel like I should remind our listeners that in 2015, when we reviewed Jurassic World, I I pitched my idea for <laughs> for logically the next to me at that point, which was obviously comically driven, but nevertheless, <laughs> the thing, the theme that I wanted to say clearly the next step at this point is space. And was to do Jurassic, and so my theory was to pitch Jurassic Ark, where you take, the world's no longer habitable, so they have to create, they have to abandon the planet Earth and go into the space to find a colonizable planet, and they have the moral question, do they take the dinosaurs with them or not? And the funny (laughs) thing is, that theme was actually put into this movie. More more or less, without the space part, but yeah. yeah. Because Isla Nublar has a volcano that we've now found out about that's erupting. And do we save the dinosaurs? Do we save the dinosaurs? That's the central quandary of the movie. I mean... For me, I'm like, That's, part yeah. of me, the grandiose side of me is like, someone fucking listened to my podcast and took my idea. Yeah. But honestly, did. I don't think they did. I think it's just, it's a logical place to take the story. Right? Absolutely. Because when you're dealing with the Promethean subplot yeah. of man playing God, man creating something that shouldn't be created, mm-hmm. you now have to have to ask that question when that life form is threatened do you save it and that's a that's a that's exactly where I would have taken it and that's I'm mm-hmm. glad that they took it in that realm to discuss that of course you have the two sides you have the sides who wants to preserve it and then the sides who want to use it for monetary gain yeah. and of course I think the thing that this movie deals with is it suffers with from all of the common screenwriting tricks Right, you have the fake opponent ally, the person you think is on your side. You find out, nope, he's not. Yes, and you find out th- his cause is the opposite cause. This is the difference between this is this is where I think the big difference lies. So, like, there was a lot of um, thematic, I'll say, thematic copying in a way, or resemblance from Lost World, where you have um, you you have one team that's going to the going to the island to save. The dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and then you have another team that's going to the island to take the dinosaurs for ill means for monetary use. For monetary use, and yeah. and and in this case, in Jurassic World case, spoiler alert, they're the same team in a way. Like there's mm-hmm. you know there's some of the same, but uh, the the thing yeah. that's interesting there is that uh, the the way that it's that it's done in the it it doesn't follow those tropes in Lost World because in Lost World it's just like it's someone it's Hammond sending a team of people to the island to go and research the dinosaurs and then there's someone else who's in control of InGen the company that sends the dinosaurs that sends a team to the island to go and retrieve the dinosaurs for monetary gain right right and so they're in, they're in parallel yeah. whereas in this case it is following that that very tired trope, I would say, of someone who is, you know, pretending to be good and actually turns out to be bad. Yeah, yeah they're just using you Claire also, for her access. Yeah. But also, from anybody who understands actors or Hollywood, if you know who gets cast in those parts, you're like, oh, this guy can't be good. So, I mean, there, there was that thread in Jurassic <laughs> World, too, right? When Vincent D'Onofrio... Is one of the good themes. Like you're like, okay, this guy's not a good guy. No, I mean, this as soon as he, as soon as he appears, you know that he's not a good yeah. guy. And I think and, I think that's intended in Jurassic yeah. World. And in when fact. you cast the same actor who played Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> you know, okay, this dude, he's he not on your side. He brings all the warm and fuzzies. What are you talking about? I half expected him to like go to the dinosaurs. Would you fuck me? <laughs> no, I don't oh. think that would. I work. would. I would fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you see a brontosaurus? Oh. Oh, was that the great big fat one over there? <laughs> there. Um, sorry, uh, I had to. Go, I had to go there because Sean's not here. Um, this is just filling. You're just filling. We're filling in for the for the standard uh, the standard cast of characters. But, but, but it's fine. But okay, so I, I see your point. And to me, actually, I think there were points in the movie, particularly with there's the scene between Bryce Dallas Howard's character and Chris Pratt's character. Mm-hmm. In the first act, maybe early second act, where they're having beers, and it's like it was, it's, that it's, was definitely first act, and yeah. it's very, it's very like the dialogue is like just exposition, yeah, and and I feel like wow, this feels like it was written for like a film class, and it's it's some of the you can tell that there's been multiple writers, and Colin Trevorrow got a writing credit on this movie, and I yes. think probably did because for crafting the story, but it's very clear there's been more than two writers in this movie, right, and. It suffers from that, I think, because it, you can. I feel like when you deal with any kind of major franchise, you have the studio having thoughts, and they will interfere in a way that maybe not. I just I don't have the. Let me put it this way: I don't have one hundred percent confidence that the director who made the movie got the movie he made let's put it that way i feel like there was like reshoots and there was definitely like the studio had notes and they had to like go with that and well, that so, kind of thing so i i will give the movie this credit that it was um again while i was uh dissatisfied as a a huge fan of the Jurassic Park uh franchise and series uh, the film itself was gorgeous. There are a ton of shots in the film that are fantastic and i love like the just beautiful callbacks. like the like there's a ton of stuff like I mean, there's a number of things that are fan service. Like, there's a couple, there's a bunch of things that are fan service, like uh, the little girl hiding herself in, in this, the, the dumb waiter and there's trying to pull the thing the, down. The Indoraptor, now it's like the new monster, mm-hmm. but like the whole tapping of the hook. Yeah. Right? Which I think they overdid a bit. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if bit, it was yeah. like meant to be. I mean, obviously, it was yeah. a callback to mm-hmm. the Raptor, and like maybe that's just a nervous behavior of the yeah. Raptor, but like. Maybe they didn't have to show it so much. Well, I don't know. That and also, I like that for the first time, I really felt like the dinosaurs had character development, which is a hard thing to say because they're not, they're not conscious characters. Yeah. But like, it was interesting to see the same T-Rex that we know is the T-Rex from the original Jurassic Park who made his brilliant, her brilliant third act re-entrance in Jurassic World, mm-hmm. make her entrance in this one. And it's like... You don't know whether to root for her or not because in the first act she brutally murders three crew members. Right. Well, actually, no. The crocodile dinosaur brutally murders them. Yeah. But the but the T Rex makes her appearance in the first act, like the, literally the first scene of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. We'll just say Fallen Kingdom for this point because it's that's easier to well, say. Well, I knew that guy on the, the yeah. ladder was in for it. Oh, it's like done deal. Done deal. He's yeah. wearing the same yellow coat that Don that Wayne Knight wore in uh, Jurassic Park. Is like you're kind of fucked. You're right? toast. Yeah, um, that's like the the red shirts. That's a sign of the red shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but there's also. I love that they gave Blue character development because you know, for those who maybe who didn't see Jurassic World, Blue was like the last remaining of the raptors that they had genetically grown for Jurassic for the Jurassic World Park. And now you find out in this movie through Chris Pratt's character that she is way more intelligent 
than we even thought. Like, we knew that raptors were highly intelligent and they could develop speech. Well, she was uh, she was a little different in the way that... Bet- uh, she was the alpha. She, well, no, no, she was she was the second. She was the Chris, second. But Chris, she, Chris, Chris Pratt's Chris character. Oh, Owen, Owen was, was the, the alpha. alpha. But she had but, natural leadership but, tendencies. Yes, tendencies, she put out. Delta and the others in an echo, in, yeah, in line. In line yep. But what they do elaborate on is it's not so much that she's intelligent, it's that there's sense of possibly empathy and there are things that we wouldn't associate with a animal an, an animal like she has the ability when because they show through these video journals that chris pratt's character is doing research with when he makes himself look weak she shows empathy she shows care yeah. she shows that she can bond with a human and not just see it as uh the mother or whatever like yeah. and i thought that was fascinating that like you've literally bred a dinosaur character to be a hero in this movie I really enjoyed the I, – I did enjoy some of the human component of that. Like, again, like you said, the T-Rex. The T-Rex really had a um, – there's there's a bit of an evolution there of what you expect from the T-Rex because it saved them in Jurassic World and, you know – And saved them in Jurassic Park. And in Jurassic Park as well, <laughs> yep, yeah. So so there's a certain expectation there, and it's, it's great that it's the same – I mean, I really love the – again, the fan service there that it's the same T-Rex. Like, it has the scars from the raptors, and, like, it's the same T-Rex. Like, that was – that's super cool. But I didn't enjoy the, the, the characterization they gave to the Indoraptor where, um, again, spoiler alert, that it fell asleep. Like it, like when, when, oh, when, possum. when, yeah, that was playing possum with him. And then like the tail is going and oh, it's like smiled or like, or it, like looked uh, around. Or, yeah. That it was like, like, it was like gave uh-huh, a coy look close. to the camera. There, there was another part, yeah. another part where, um, they're giving the, they're extracting the bullet or something from the Raptor mm-hmm. and the Raptor like cries a tear. Oh, that was a little, that and it's was like, interesting. That's like. I, I I mean you felt that I, was too much. I felt that was too much. Okay. I, I, scientifically, like, oh, she's crying. I'm curious if, from a scientific point, if that's a thing that that reptiles slash birds slash <laughs> raptors could do. It's very very like I'm I'm just curious. Like I I don't know from a yeah. scientific standpoint, but well, but I okay. am curious to know. Like like it it felt like a little bit. It felt like it was more of a. You know, from a from a standpoint of not knowing that, and I think most people who go see the movie won't know that. Like, it felt like it was over the top, where it was like over the top dramatic. Well, like, I think it also plays into the whole idea that which Brian and I had briefly started to discuss after we got out was that so much of this film was playing the emotional versus the logical. Well, so th- th- that's why that was really really interesting. So we'll we'll talk about that in just a, just a. A hot second, because I want to comment on what. what Can you I were comment saying. on Bryce Dallas Howard's shoe choice in this movie? I feel Wait, like was she in heels? In so, no, so, <laughs> was, no, was she running from I the T Rex in heels? In there this was one? a deliberate shot when she got out of the plane that you, you saw her step onto the step, and she was wearing like combat boots. And I was like, <laughs> ha. <laughs> She's clearly not the same person that she was in Jurassic World. Yeah, they, they were like, screw you. Yeah. I'm wearing normal shoes. Like, I'm prepared for yeah, this Yeah, I'm prepared this, this time. Um, well, so, okay, so I want to comment on what you were saying, because Adam, um, because, okay, hold on. Let me collect my thoughts here for a brief moment. 
I and we're back. I, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to address what you, what, what you were saying then. So for me, what I thought, I thought was fascinating was looking at the underlying theme of the movie. I feel like what was interesting was you have this young girl who you're told is um, what's the his granddaughter, name? the granddaughter of, exactly. of Hammond's of, like counterpart. I forget uh, what his name is. We should J- really have done James Cromwell. <laughs> yeah, James Cromwell. So James James Cromwell makes a a beautiful cameo in this movie. I'll mm-hmm. tell you right mm-hmm. now. As, uh, uh, Lockwood. 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 Thank you. Lockwood. Is, Lockwood is a, exactly, is Hammond's partner, who apparently was deviant. And we find out now the reason why they, they had a... Falling out. An ethical separation is because Lockwood had emotional ties to his deceased daughter. And his granddaughter, in, in air quotes, we find out in the third act, is actually a human clone. Which they just kind of gloss over and it just like... No one well, reacts. Well, 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 two seconds up. So there is an implication of it in the second act when they she's looking at a photo. The photo. Yes. The photo is exactly the same. Right, it's, it's that's the same, suppo- same, that's a, I think supposed to be the oh yeah. my the oh my god moment. But, well, I but the head fake. Then they so just so much else well, going so, well, on. So there's a character named Iris who looks a lot like her in that photo. So I thought the head fake. The, that they beautifully pulled off. I thought the head fake was going to be that she was the the she daughter was, she of was, the caretaker. She was she was the the grandmother. Yes. That she was like the secret grandmother. It turns out no, she's the clone. And the, here's the interesting thing. So in the third act, played by Charlie Chaplin, basically his daughter. So for the we're going to summarize the plot in like ten seconds. So a volcano erupts on <laughs> Isla Nublar. They get some dinosaurs off. There's a horrific scene where you watch some of the the, the peaceful dinosaurs die, like the Brachiosaurus. He's like guys are horrific. They're screaming. Take me. Yeah, guys are horrific. They're screaming with magma and oh, smoke. Oh, I, I missed this. This is I oh, went to the bathroom and, in the middle and, and I missed Dallas that. Howard I'm gonna have like, to watch the movie again. The well, it's just like you could tell Bryce Dallas Howard just summoning all of her vegan tears in that moment. <laughs> she was crying so hard at that moment. Um, because she's a vegan in real life. You don't so, actually see the dinosaur burn. Let me no. You see a silhouette in smoke. But you see a silhouette of a Brachiosaurus writhing in pain from the magma that's very clearly the overcoming Im- the them. The imagery is enough. Exactly. It's yeah. Exactly. So they get them off the island, and you find out, oh, wait a second. This is not what we thought it was. They're being they're going to be auctioned off for prey. Right. Oh, yeah. And they're going to so be, like, for sports. They go to... Um, What's his name again? Lockwood's, um, Lockwood's estate, Lockwood's which estate. apparently has this whole underground like Lab. holding facility, which where we find insane. out that Dr. Wu, B.D. Wong, has been there building and growing this Indoraptor. And, uh, which is taking like all of the best parts right. of the... The what's the it in, called? Right. Indominus so Rex, so, Indominus Rex, and the Raptor, and then, the right. Velociraptor. But as we know, locking dinosaurs up in a confined space not a good idea. And Never so ends. shit goes goes south, and the dinosaurs start breaking out. And there's actually a moment where well, actually they let the dinosaurs out. They let the dinosaurs out, but there's also a bit where the because the power's cut because it's also in the middle of a thunderstorm um like like it happens um, <laughs> this is this is what i'm getting at though it's like, I, like it's amazing that it's like so it's like, low contract yeah but anyway there's a point where there's a gas leak and the gas that's forming is a is a toxic gas and it's literally it's like slowly euthanizing the dinosaurs so there's this question of again in the third act has the same moral question and the first act is do we let the dinosaurs live and bryce dallas howard comes to the conclusion of you know what we did everything we could. We have to let them die. But the fucking granddaughter hits the button yeah. that opens the gates and releases the dinosaurs into the wild. Which again, the timing. Into the, the, into again, California. Which again, the because timing. The, the timing. The all of this. 
Yeah. I have commentary, yeah. but... But, so, the, what's interesting is she said, because they're like me. They're alive like me. So, the thing is that I thought it's interesting is you literally have this whole movie is now... The, the moral argument of this movie is logic versus emotion. Logically... These are not real dinosaurs. Even Wu said that in Jurassic World. These are a facsimile at best of what dinosaurs actually were. This was entertainment that was meant to craft what people thought dinosaurs were. Because we now know through we now know through paleontology that most dinosaurs were not reptilian. We know that they were closer right, to birds. They, they had the they had feathers. feathers exactly. and, yeah. So we know at best this is Doctor Grant tried which, to tell which people. as a point I will I will. Um, give Jurassic World credit, the original Jurassic World credit for that. That they that they addressed that and said exactly. you know, you they they, they addressed the tea. fact that the they historical wanted... implement, implication is that there are feathers and right. that instead it's like you just wanted what you wanted the the Hollywood version of dinosaurs. Exactly. And so that was kind of a clever way and that they did that in the original Jurassic World. Baby Lockwood, for lack of a better word for her name. Um lets them free because she feels an emotional connection. So literally you have the whole movie this logical response of we should let them die, we should let them die, we should let them die. I'm going to let them live because I feel a connection to them. That is believe it or not, flawed. in all of this well it's a flawed argument, but in all this contrived movie making, there is this nugget of truth that comes out of it that is a beautiful statement about our current Society. We are a society right now that is completely enveloped in emotion over logic. We are in a world where now facts don't necessarily matter anymore, right? And we're now we have a president who facts don't matter to. And so I thought that was actually, in a weird, weird way, a brilliant way of, of commenting on mm. fact versus emotion. And it was so deeply layered in that it, I don't know, I just, I, I felt like I caught it maybe because of luck but i just i saw that there and i'm like that is really really interesting that they were able to to make that give that tiny little shred of relevance to the way the world is that's an interesting take yeah Yeah. i i hadn't i didn't think about that um you know i was that last scene especially where you know bryce dallas howard uh fantastic actress she does a wonderful job in the film she releases all of the dinosaurs into a central, kind of like central holding area. So let them die together. And in my, in my mind, I was like, yeah, yeah, dinosaurs having a party together. Yeah. Like they- but also speaking to, speaking to contrived dialogue, <laughs> they cut back to Malcolm's Senate interview. Yes. And he finally, the last line in the movie is, welcome to Jurassic World. And I feel like, okay, you're trying to call back to Hammond's line from the first movie. And it's also a very contrived line to say that the dinosaurs now exist in the real world, but there's also a small pothole because the avian dome in Jurassic World, the yeah, first one, said, yeah. broke. So the pterodactyls have been yeah, out they for were a while out now. already. Yeah, mm, they, you know. they've been out for a while now. But I thought it was there was this beautiful thing of the the T Rex climbs and goes into the zoo, and they're across the rock, and there's the lion and the, and the T Rex both like growling Roaring at, each, at other. each other. I thought that was really like fun. I mean, it was it was yeah. like okay, King of the Jungle versus King of the the, the prehistoric jungle. Um, yeah, that's that scene is that that particular scene uh, is very nice. Yeah, yeah. So there's that dinosaur of... is gonna eat that cat. <laughs> oh, that right. that lion's gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no, <laughs> there's no. <laughs> but I think that's the thing I walked away from with this movie is that yeah, I could see all the contriveness, and I mean I've seen. I mean to be totally honest, I saw Jurassic World. I never see it. In, never saw it in theaters. I saw it on DVD. 
kind of passing. I don't what? really remember all that much about it. Don't get me. Don't judge me. But I've seen Jurassic Park 3. I've seen every other movie. And I feel like this one, if I were to compare it, is not as bad as people are saying it is. It, I walked out of it thinking, this was enjoyable. Was it Was it Jurassic Park? Lord, no. Was it Jurassic World? Mm, no. But it gave me enough to say, to not leave me conflicted. It was like, okay, this was like a decent popcorn sci-fi action movie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I mean, my, my, rating, my rating for the entire, for the franchise, if I were to give you my, my rundown of the number of the films that are in the franchise is Jurassic Park, The Lost World, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> like, Jurassic Park 3 You don't was like the, the, the whole idea of... Jurassic of, Park 3 was really fun. It was a really fun... It was more... It wasn't It wasn't even that. Like, that scientifically makes sense, but the whole thing with, like, the, the satellite phone ringing and, like, they go digging through dinosaur poop to find the, the satellite phone. Like, there, there was just a whole ton of it that was... Really, just felt very campy and very like yeah. too 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 Bill far Macy, out of the realm. What did you do? It was well, too far. We talked about this in the last episode. I thought it was, <laughs> it really, was too far. I thought it was really fascinating. So apparently, Michael Crichton never outright said this, but apparently in his novels, mm-hmm. Westworld and Jurassic Park were meant to kind of be spiritually brothers to each other. Okay. Apparently, like, like Westworld, in the same in the same universe, basically. In a way, because in a way, Westworld was kind of the prequel to Jurassic Park. Okay. And now knowing that was like. Oh, that's really interesting. That is very interesting. And I, there's no way you could merge those universes together now. But knowing that Jurassic, that Michael Crichton was involved with the original Westworld, and then he was involved with the original Jurassic Park in the Creative Decisions, that does kind of lend this very interesting. Like they are now spiritually, like they are mm-hmm. kindred. Yeah, they're in, they're in the same. They're in the same uh, universe. They're in the same realm. Yeah, but it's this whole idea that I like that Crichton plays with this whole Promethean logic of we now have this new technology that does what mankind has never done before and it do we the question is do we do it well what's interesting is a lot of michael crichton's novels are are themed that way yeah um like the you know like prey or andromeda strain like there a lot of them are very sci-fi uh you know like kind of what if scenarios of how uh you know they're they're very like Jurassic Park after the after Jurassic Park came out like a lot of people were like well is that is that even like physically possible like is that possible um, and the answer is kind of yes like it's it, it's on the realm of possibility it wasn't it wasn't physically possible at the time we don't have right? viable like it, but the thing is it we was don't like have viable, viable DNA. getting a viable embryo like a viable DNA or viable embryos from a mosquito that's like in amber is like yeah, yeah that's not quite not quite exactly right like that's not that's not scientifically plausible but it's interesting um Michael Crichton and uh also is it a uh, uh, Martin Weir, Weir, the uh, the Martian. Oh, so it's like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so like, it, it's like a, it's like a very, it's interesting. Like the the writers who do who do things like that that write either books or screenplays that are in the realm of scientific possibility, and uh, you can you can say like, well, that's a that's a really like that's that's possible. Yeah, like it, you know. Well, I think for me, that's what makes true sci-fi. True sci-fi deals with the ethics of science. Yeah. The Martian is very set 
Andywhere. Andywhere, Andy thank excuse you. me. That's yeah. fine. Martin, because um, of Martian, yeah. probably. Yeah, Wait, sorry. Blake, Blake. Marvin. Not Marvin not the Martian. Martian. Um, and Martin was the name of the guy on My Favorite Martian. But um, <laughs> It all comes full circle. Yeah, but anyway, um, to me, true sci-fi deals with the ethics of science. And not so much the Promethean logic of what do we do with technology when we play God, because that's what the Promethean tale is about. That's what Jurassic Park's about. That's what Frankenstein's about, and also what Westworld's about. But the ethics, because the Martian absolutely is science fiction, because you did deal with this. We we have a man who's left behind. You know, what do we do in that situation? Right? It's the 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 testing of human morality in an impossible situation that uses science as the vehicle to communicate that that trope, and. In that sense, this movie does kind of present that pretty well, right? It does present the well, the moral question of, well, now that we've gone forward scientifically, whether it was ethical or not, we've now created this life. We've yeah. now created highly intelligent life that borders human understanding of empathy, even though it can't communicate the way humans do. Do we let it die? And Venice's answer is yes, because it wasn't supposed to be there in the first place. But at the same time, like... Once you move forward as a society, as a world, how do you move back? That's a really hard. Those are really uncomfortable steps to take. Right, which I think is, I mean, as as contrived. Nature is taking it out. Let it die, <laughs> and then they and somehow fate tried to take it out again with the gas. Which is tried to do it twice. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, it's actually it's interesting having this conversation because it's fantastic to think about that because. Um, the the part that Jeff Goldblum plays in the movie as Ian Malcolm is like the first part of his testimony is exactly that is we shouldn't like no we shouldn't save these we shouldn't save these animals because this is this is nature taking its course which is amazing like such a great characterization of like Ian Malcolm like that's exactly what he would say well, and he like, said that the first found the way is it said in the movie you worked out all the ways to figure out that you could do it but you never thought to ask yourself if you should, should do, you do it, it? Exactly. right exactly and but it's also amazing at the end that he says you know the the whole bit where, where he's he's saying now we're in a new you know it's like well it's not up to me but like now we're in a new realm like we've 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 already uncovered all of this stuff like welcome to Jurassic World and even though that's a contrived it's out like there now. it's like he it's like yes he had to say the title of the movie <laughs> like and he, even, had, he had to call back to, right, to John Hammond he had to call back to Welcome to Jurassic Park <laughs> exactly like, you know even though that that was the case um it was it's still amazing because it's it's the truth it's it's speaking to that exact message of you know you've kind of the pandora's box type of model is like you've it's done now so you know the first part was like no we shouldn't do this but honestly it's done now so here here we go so now it's like now how do we cope with this exactly like now we now, in. now how do we how do we resolve this yeah. in a way and, and almost in a way i mean this is this is kind of a stretch but you could almost make the argument too that there's a there's a thread of that that's talking about what we've done with the environment too because hmm. we have kind of put ourselves in this very unfortunate situation and some scientists argue that we're past the tipping point we're past I mean, the rubicon i mean he he explicitly talks about like the his his dialogue in the movie actually explicitly in the first the first act like you know talks about that um when he talks about the he mentions it but he he talks about environmental impact and and that potentially that's why 
this is happening for for the you know for Isla Sorna. Isla Nubar. Isla Nubar, excuse me. Yeah, that, that, that's why this is happening. That's why the, the volcano is, is now active again. Right. And, you know, that it's because of human human intervention. Yeah. Yeah. But there's that deeper thread of, like, well, now, because there's some scientists who now are saying, like, well, we're past, we're past the point of being able to stop ourselves from putting the, the planet on the course that it's on. So the question is now, maybe is it, do we... Do we try to stop it now or do we try to adapt to it and try to try to like reverse what we've done? And in a weird way, I mean, this this might be a stretch, but I feel like in a weird way, that's kind of also a message of the movie, too, especially with the ending of it is like, well, this is a reality now. <laughs> how do we deal with it? And I'm actually now very curious to see. Don't how... go surfing. Exactly. Because we saw the crocodile slash whale dinosaur. Oh, jeez. Uh, swimming yeah, the underneath ma- the, the Mosasaurus. Exactly. Um. It, Nerd. Also, is it me or did Toby Jones's character look like Trump? I felt like he looked. He a did bit like the, Trump. with the hair, especially with the hair blowing back at right. the and at the, the end. Teeth, the teeth too. It was the. It was the, For me, it was the hair. Like the hair, there was like a there was like a flip of hair that was yeah. happening that I was like, yep, this is um, definitely an an analogy to Trump. Yeah. Like no, I, I, no, I have to shout out Gina no because just like I have my crippling fear of the xenomorph creatures from the alien films <laughs> gina has a crippling fear of the raptors from jurassic oh god Park they're films. terrifying and in this movie yeah. there were so many close-up shots of like feet and then teeth i'm like if this were a xenomorph i would be pissing myself oh, right now no it's terrifying and so i totally gina i because i know you're going to listen to this episode eventually i totally now identify with why you are scared of the raptors and if you see yeah. this movie God love you because you're a brave woman. Because there's a lot of raptor action in this movie, um, particularly with also with the Indoraptors. So they gave it like the yellow streak, which makes it look, I guess, look evil. And, it's kind of a black and color the si- and the black color of the rest of the gills and like the weird looking yellow eyes. But then there's like the little spike hairs that go down its head and backside. I was like, are you trying to make it look like a punk? Like, yeah, what's the this is mohawk? I guess so. I guess, like, is that really thing a thing we find threatening now? Like, what, but what was the point of the yellow streak? Because I, I noticed that as well, and I was well, like... I just felt like it was like... Is it just like an identifiable, cool. like, well, a way so, to identify well, it? Well, so I guess they called blue blue because she had, like, this blue gills, right, that ran down her the side. Well, also B for beta. Yeah. And, B, and it was also B for beta, exactly. Yeah. So it was kind of a clever tie-in. Yeah. But I think with the Indoraptor, it was just a way to make it look very visually different and yellow and blue yes. are very it was visually distinctive well, the whole true. idea is that they were gonna essentially try and create this animal to weaponize well it's also important and so that, making it look right. kind of frightening and exactly. intimidating I yeah. think was part of well the, it is very interesting that Dr. Wu talked about this is that the current version they made was a psychopath they basically said that like this was like, a sociopathic dinosaur yeah we haven't Finished its yeah, and then they wanted he, blue to he mother. He said that the next generation was supposed to have the that the the empathy and like the the traits that blue had. Essentially, it was supposed to be cloned with a influence from yeah. blue. And that's what's also interesting because like that's this whole message for like what the next generation of the world is supposed to be like. So what I feel like is there's tons of great message 
in this movie that's unfortunately packaged in a bunch of contrived filmmaking <laughs> that makes it very hard to digest. Okay, I have to say. It's like saying it's like packing a ton of fiber in a in a McDonald's Big Mac, right? It's like how do you it, it, how do you get someone to digest so, it? Yeah, Did no, it, there were there were shining moments for sure. I can recognize that. And I, I'm I personally I'm gonna go see it again so that I can recognize that stuff. But um, did either of you guys think that Blue was going to bite off Owen's hand at the end? I did at one point. Because I, they, at they one had point, emphasized this whole thing. They're like, oh, well, this isn't the same dinosaur. It has contaminated blood and everything. Oh, I didn't, think, I didn't think because of that. But at every point I that happened. The blood that, was going to make it go crazy or anything. That was no. a suspicious moment for me every time that happened where he was, was like, like, no. Like because of the, the, the Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah. Did, Yes. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> his moments where he where he in Jurassic World where he held out his hand and then Blue was just like, nope, screw you, and like just like bit You're off his hand, like bit off his arm. Yeah, I you know I was definitely worried uh, that that was gonna happen. Yeah, but- especially after like what was it? How long was this? Three years. Yeah. So yeah. after three years, it's like sorry. I mean, well, Seth's memory is very strong, so I get it. So that's fine. I mean, they did a good job of setting Jurassic World in 2015, and they even said that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, for me, what was more bothering me is less that and more like the cross-species blood transfusion that the paleo uh, veterinarian uses to to save Blue's life, like. That's more, that's less plausible than anything else in the movie. Is like taking, so? a, taking blood from a T-Rex and putting it in a raptor? Well, she was very specific on what kind of dinosaur you need to get it from. Sure. That might work. She never said it's going to work, but, but our used, chance yeah, is. So, so they basically came up with some justifications, right? But To get it from the big meanie dinosaur. <laughs> right. So, and Let's it, get, and which, it literally. Hmm, had, how can we justify this? And it literally, it was just there to justify a cool scene where Chris Pratt has to do a somersault through a t-rex's mouth it was still like, a pretty I get cool that. scene it was and a cool when, scene when she jumped on again the back but of the... I, I see adam's point that that was very contrived they could have gone to like another raptor cage at that point and there were no there, there were no other raptors the that's the thing one. yeah she was True. the last raptor that's that i think another character i think the, the scientific the thing that works for me is that in the other movies there's not anything i mean there's a little bit of of some of this like again this is maybe why i don't like jurassic park 3 is there's there's some scientific like when they print, they three D print a voice box yeah. for a raptor in Jurassic Park three, and then one of the one of the characters like blows through it as like a, like a right playing way. it like this a whistle, as like as and like a Alan Gr- whistle, and yeah. Alan Grant is like, oh my god, he starts having like Vietnam flashbacks from like <laughs> from like being on the island, and how can I play this so the raptors fair, won't eat me? Like fair enough, like that's you know I I get that you know maybe like the 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 concept is fine but like i'm curious about the like the scientific implication of things Maybe in these movies works. is the are the things that again i can i can look past the fact that they're not uh like feathered dinosaurs because again they address that which is i i was so glad they addressed that in the first Jurassic world um but just you know the the scientific implica- implications there are just the things that happened in this movie were like like that happening it was like okay well i'm curious scientifically is that is that true well like, they, is did, that... they did engineer them so maybe they engineered them in a way so that 
maybe that could be possible. I mean, they did, but this woman didn't know anything about that. Like sure. the, the other character who does the, who's like suggesting True. like this is where we need to get the blood transfusion from. Of a, or a th- four di- uh, no more than three digit yeah. creature. Right, there. exactly. Or like why does like like Claire just like suddenly is like now in love with the dinosaurs? Like she she just did a full 180 from when she was like on the island. She's like, like these working are like a against. To an end. Yeah, like now, now she's just like full 180. There were there were just a number of things that were kind of very. You would think she'd never want to see dinosaurs again. <laughs> right. Yeah. There, no, there were just a number of things that were very interesting. Uh, overall, again, it was a really enjoyable movie. But uh, you know, I had my. Uh... Well, yeah, and so the movie, I wasn't mad at it. Yeah, no, I wasn't. A, I, I wasn't mean, either. It, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie has weak points. The movie has strong points. And at this point, for me, the, it's just even at the beginning when they went through like the lava and the, the very clearly marketed special like effect of the titles. I'm like, okay, so this. Oh, I know. Be, you took a deep inhale. That's the movie, <laughs> that's the movie we're in for. But I do want to call out that a couple things. So first of all, some of the actors where this thing that where this movie does succeed. So first of all. I'm glad that Universal cares about people taking people of color and yes. putting in the movie movie because you have Justin Smith as the web character who is this character who is multi-ethnic but he's also socially awkward and kind of nerdy and doesn't really fit in to difficult situations and I thought that was kind of cool. You have Daniel Daniela Pineda playing Zia Rodriguez who is the paleo um, veterinarian. Mm-hmm. So you have you very clearly Universal shows that okay, we don't have to put a bunch of white people in a movie Which to make te- it matter. The technician, like, uh, he was phenomenal. He's they just were great. So, he, they were both excellent. I mean, their their characterization is just is really good and very very strong. Um, but he is just he's so funny. And she got he's, to keep oh, her tattoos in, in the film. So Those are her real tattoos. Yeah, I'm and I didn't sure. realize that that uh, Geraldine Chaplin was the woman who played Iris. No, that's what I was saying. It's. Uh, Charlie Chaplin's Chaplin and, daughter. and yeah, yes, fourth kid. I think? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that was like I was like, she has familiar eyes. That's because she has her father's eyes. But like that's that's Hollywood royalty right there in the movie. I thought that was very cool. Um, and uh, so just there were definitely positives to the film, and we we've kind of belabored that at this point. I guess for me is that it's very clear that they set this up for a for a, a conclusion to this trilogy. Yeah. Oh, how could they not? Yeah. But the point is like why? Because they've I feel like they've belabored the point of the the scientific ethics to the point to literally I said it once for joking, but now like what are this they're left literally space is like the only other thing they have <laughs> left to do. I mean, at one point I remember reading that the uh the plot for Jurassic World and or the second the second Jurassic World was supposed to be dinosaurs with guns, and, <laughs> which is like ridiculous. I know. So I read this and I was just like, oh, please, fuck no, please no. I mean, to be honest, um, I just got this image of raptors running in with like machine guns. I was like, no, exactly. Of, I was like, no, please me, no. Part of me is just like, part of me really wants. To I do kind of want to see that. I know, but. But in a way that's ridiculous and hilarious, not in no, a way that I actually serves me. Yeah, I do kind of want to see that. in fedoras and Tommy guns. Oh my and- gosh! Oh yeah, like like a nineteen twenties uh, Raptors yeah, just, just style gangster. No, rappers. but but seriously, I you know I I think that the 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 thing that I'm I'm kind of sad about, like why I was disappointed, is because I think 
I agree. I think it was meant to be a trilogy, and I think that there's they've le- obviously left the door wide open for you know for whatever the third movie is going to be. Oh, it's but, happening. Yeah, it's, it's definitely happening. But the second movie, like the first movie, it was like okay, great. Like you did a lot of fan service. You had Jimmy Buffett running away with margaritas. And like they, they showed the, <laughs> like, they showed the sign on the floor. Yeah, oh you, you had a ton of you had a ton of different stuff going on there, which was fantastic in Jurassic World, and then. This this movie just didn't feel up to snuff in terms of carrying it through. Like, you know, it's like a marathon run. Like, if you know you're doing three movies and that's the plan, you you want a marathon through to the third movie. But yeah. it didn't feel like this movie, like, they didn't put enough into it to say, okay, like, we know we're going to do a third movie, so let's let's make sure that this one's good enough to get us to the third movie. Like, that that's kind yeah. of where it, feel like now, it, felt, it kind of fell flat for me. That I want to ask all you. Do you think that the three of those characters are now living in a van while Chris Pratt finishes his cabin? I So part of me, I thought the ending was going to be like, literally, he's building the cabin and like Blue is like in like some special area on a leash. I literally thought that was going to happen. It was like the happy picket fence ending and Blue is the dog on the, on the leash. Blue didn't have time for it. If anyone's going to be the dog on the leash, it's the, oh my God, I forgot the name of the d- dinosaur. The one that with the skull. Oh, the, the horns. The one that was like the battering ram. That was yeah. cute. Yeah. And they even put in dog sounds for that yeah, dinosaur. It, it was very clever. It definitely had a very dog-like The battering ram, The one that basically frees Chris Pratt, yeah. his character Owen. From uh, from his jail cell, um, but again, characterization wise, like that's not that doesn't that's not like dinosaurs wouldn't act that way. People had a big criticism of Jurassic World, which is that you know like, uh, which I was able to overlook, but I actually took into account when I started watching the second movie. Now is the way that di- the way that they act, and so again, the dinosaur crying like. <laughs> I don't know if that's scientifically possible slash if that would ever realistically but, happen. Hey, you can't say or, scientifically possible when there's a genetic scientist who has spliced genes from different species. Sure. Together. Okay, like fine. All, fair, all, fair, fair, all fair, fair, fair. are off at that Fair. If, you, if you're splicing in genes and that's why they the dinosaur. A, a golden retriever. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, the dinosaur can cry. Fine. <laughs> but, yeah. but like, I, I just, just. So, 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 okay. <laughs> So, so let me put it this way. Here's what I hope. The next movie, do whatever you gotta do. But put him in space. But yes. Not even put no, him in space. I, I, no, I, Steven Spielberg, listen. No, just do Space it. it up. Listen, 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 listen. Listen. Linda, listen. Um, <laughs> do whatever you gotta do for the last Jurassic movie. But seriously, put make it. In there. No, no, no. Make it the last one. End the story. Seriously. Dinosaurs the, win. I think end the make story. it make it oh give it a conclusion that makes sense and then don't touch it for at least another twenty years. I'm looking at you, Universal. Don't do it. So wait. You have a hard enough time making your ride work now in a world where there's no park and the world the dress the dinosaurs are just in the world. Hey, they're gonna they're gonna remake that ride. I want I'm I am curious no! to see. I am I am really really curious to see what that ride. First of all, I want to go ride it again before it closes down. It's but I'm third, but yeah, I'm but... yep. But I'm curious to see what they do with it. I'm I think they're gonna theme it Jurassic World. I think it's gonna be themed like hydrosphere like hydrosphere splashdown like like escaping yeah. from like the volcanic explosions of the island or something possibly you know, that's yeah. my that's my guess okay. i i i don't know i don't know but that's i don't know how they're gonna theme a jurassic world without making it something like that now do you think they're gonna have an animatronic 
Owen. <laughs> no, they're gonna change. They'll change the T Rex to be the Indominus, or they'll change the T Rex to be the Indoraptor. And that bums me or... out because that ride is so. It's so great. Great. Oh, it's, it's like scary. I love right that ride. I love that ride so much. It is the perfect. And you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Indiana Jones ride. Mm-hmm. No, from except Disneyland. Yeah. Except the Jurassic Park ride legitimately makes me nervous because it, I really can't remember like. Does something pop out it's here? It's scary. Or not? It's ter- yeah. It's terrifyingly scary. Because the dinosaurs, the, the animatronics are good, and it's it literally takes you through the story of Jurassic Park without you. Oh, seeing everything. The movie. So when I when I turned until, oh shit when I turned thirteen, I had I had my bar mitzvah, Mazel Tov, and <laughs> um and my choice was to go to to have a party for all of my friends, or to go to California. And I chose to go to California because I wanted to go on Jurassic Park the ride. <laughs> this is legitimately the one thing that drove my decision for this my bar was, mitzvah. This you, was what. This is the desire that drove you into manhood. This is the. This is what. This is what did it. And and so I went and I loved Jewish it. Manhood. I loved that ride. I loved that ride. It was great. And so I'm. I you know. So I'm again. I'm interested yeah. to see what they what they turned into. I was there. That was Siri. Uh, I was there. I was there in two thousand one. I feel like it was there early on, and when the ride was open, yeah. And I got to see it early on, and it was beautiful. It's a fantastic ride. It's, a it's really ride. well engineered. It. It's uh, it's one know. of the it's one of the rides. So like Disney, you know, we're all Disney fans. So like one of the things that Disney does really well is is um theming. Uh, is theming and and theming of the queue and just like overall, just like from queue to end of the ride. Just full, experience. full experience theming, like just keeping you in in the in the, the theming world. of it, yeah. in the world of that ride, even. Um, and so that's one thing that Indiana Jones has going for it in Disneyland for me is that it's very well themed. Um, and I think Jurassic Jurassic Park, the Jurassic Park ride at Universal Studios in at both Flor- in both Orlando and in in or in LA, Hollywood, you go into Hollywood. this little jungle area, are and- both fantastic. Is I mean, LA has had LA has it less than I think Orlando does, um, but the theming is just really fantastic as you get into it, and then you're. It's it's believable. It's believable. Like okay, yeah, I'm I'm at Jurassic Park. I'm getting, and on, I'm getting I'm, on a ride. At I'm Jurassic Park. I'm a tourist who's getting on this ride at Jurassic Park. It's super believable. It like it's a it's a believable concept. And if you turn it into something else that's not believable, unless you have a way to make it believable, right? Like if you get on a ride, like like you get on the 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 Kong ride, and it's like you're gonna go explore Kong. It's like okay, I know, I just. I know I like it's like such a dramatic shift into this thing right so I hope they don't do that it's been it's like a okay, dramatic so, yeah forgive me it's been 17 years since I've been on that ride but yeah don't you like get into the Jurassic Park Jeep and like you go no the same you're park? in no it's you're a, in it's like a, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a river it's, it's a boat, boat. It's, oh, a, it's, a it's, boat. A, it's like a log flume ride but like it's like a wide boat but it looks like it's like this is a Jurassic Park yeah like, you're you walk in when you walk into the attraction it's very it's very much like you're you're going you're, watching in, you're going into Jurassic Park and the, going into the getting you on see the, the big gates I remember that yep when you go on the boat there's the gates and you hope you go through the gates it's it's very much that you are a visitor to Jurassic Park it's very uh, it's very believable, right? And that's kind that's of like the, the tour thing. in a weird way because the tour, the studio tour, yeah. Universal does a great job of like mixing, taking you, starting you in reality, and then taking you into the fantastic. And that ride does a great job of it for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, 
Um, they used to have great rides with that. I think the E.T. ride before, while was still there. I don't know if it's still the there. The E.T. ride is still there. Um, mm-hmm. In Orlando. Oh, in, in Orlando, yeah, it's like, still there. And it is fantastic. It does this amazing transition between you walk in and it's like you need to – Steven Spielberg talks to you and he says, you need to help. You're, you're helping E.T. get back to his planet. And, you, and the doors open and then it's like – you do this um, there's this amazing suspension of disbelief that yeah. happens for you because you're walking onto a soundstage i feel i feel very fortunate because i have had the the privilege of being able to have tested two steven spielberg themes because i was there the day they were testing the et ride in like 1991 i think oh my gosh right oh my gosh! crazy i was one of the first people to ride that ride and i was also one of the first people to ride the indiana jones ride in disney <laughs> disneyland so i'm i'm like I feel super lucky that I've been able to do both of those yeah. two things. But yeah, it's like, how can you beat that? Like you literally go through the Jurassic Park gates I mean, in, in the Jurassic the World Indi- ride. The Indiana Park Jones ride. ride is fantastic. It's amazingly themed for Disneyland. But the the E.T. The ET ride is just an amazing, like there's a, there's a certain am- amount of like sensory, just like it becomes a forest and there's a certain musty smell to it. Like that's a smell of my childhood, actually. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I, I was spoiled. I went, I went to Universal a lot, so, um, yeah. You know that that that's just it. They, they that's one ride where they did an amazing job. And Jurassic Park is that Jurassic Park ride is is also a amazing example of where they've yeah. done just a just such a great job at thematic. You know. We've gotten off the topic of the movie. Now we're on to the the theme park. Well, but it's, I, you know, it's, it's because of I, what the ride is. The becoming. ride is going to become Jurassic World, and I'm I'm cur- I'm really curious to see what that's going to become. You know, I think I, it's probably going to be very similar. You're visiting Jurassic World. They're just going to like rebrand everything Jurassic World right. rather than Jurassic and it's gonna Park. Be, do you think it's going to be the the Indoraptor or the Some, Indominus yeah. Rex or something? One instead of them of, is going to yeah. be on the loose and yeah. During your I tour. am I am very which curious. is exactly what happened in Jurassic World. So people I, I, were on rides yeah. and all of a sudden yeah, it's catastrophic. They, they get loose. Yep. Sorry, I have to give you a quick update here. So first of all, yes, I agree with you 100. percent And it's going to be very interesting to see where this where this goes. And um, I just. I guess it exactly it'll just be Jurassic World. I do want to give an update from Dave. Dave just texted us, me. So the friend who hosted their wedding was very gracious mm-hmm. and bought Dave and his wife three nights at the Grand California <gasps> in Disneyland. Oh, nice! With a three-day park hopper. Oh, so. Holy so we're shit. crashing. That's let's so go. They are, yeah, let's so go right now. They are. I'll take, an, I'll take the next couple days off. I'm good. We'll just we'll go we'll go to the airport and like book a next Southwest flight. I'll t- um, we'll just drive down. No problem. Yeah. Um. So Dave, we're very happy for you. Thank you, Dave. That's sorry, awesome, man. Sorry, Congratulations. Sorry, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're you're sitting pretty now. Um. And sorry to deviate <laughs> from from drastic all the way back to Disney, but what I do want to say to kind of wrap this up is, thank you, for sharing your passion with us about the Jurassic Park movies. You're welcome. And, oh, sorry. He's looking at us. And we'll, uh, thank you, babe, as well, for being <laughs> on the show. Um, it's it's great. And what I love about the show is I love that we get to have a, the occasional guests who get to geek out about what they love. And you very clearly love Disney. You very clearly love Universal. You love, you love movies. And you love whimsy and fantasy and going into that world. And so I'm glad that you were able to... to share the mic with us and, and share that stuff with us. Yeah. And I'm actually more curious to know that 
what our listeners think about the movie because I, I you know a lot of movie fans tend to deviate more toward the negative yeah there's been a lot of mixed reactions to this film so yeah. it would definitely be interesting to hear what what listeners think about uh you know about fallen kingdom and i'm sure you're going to hear the the rest of the nerds give their quick opinions of it about it as we we go back um we're hoping that we should be able to record once more but this might be the last recording that we do before we get married so that's kind of interesting just do a a, a facebook live post at the wedding at the wedding see is it i mean I, I could argue hey my social media skills are on point but like do we really want to do that on our day like no i don't mean like someone will do it at a table okay. i'll run it don't worry <laughs> no you're gonna be busy enough as it is um <laughs> So you you have dis- many bridesmen so duties. So full full disclosure, Adam is in Vanessa's bridal party. He's a bridesman. I, I am the bridesman. He kind of walks between two the worlds. Bridesman. The yeah. bridesman. Yeah, he gets to walk between two worlds. He gets to go to the bachelor party and the bachelorette. I'm excited. I'm going to party party hard on both sides. <laughs> um, you know, listeners, thank you so much for your feedback. We actually have gotten feedback, but we want to save it for next time. Because I really want to save it for when all of the nerds are back in place i see so, how it is brian no it's fine it's okay it's, fine. it's, it's we're feed, not it's, worthy it's fine it's okay no it's, it's this was a who knows episode. maybe maybe all of the people who have left feedback are going to write in on this episode full disclosure and, we are recording this on sunday night and we are releasing it tomorrow morning and i don't want to spend that much time editing it so i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> um that's really what it's maybe it's being totally selfish. Laziness. That's that's what's driving and, the end of this episode. And selfishness <laughs> combined. It's exactly what it is. Um, but if you do want to give us feedback, we do encourage it. We will read it. I promise you. You can do that by going to Deuteronomy.com and clicking on that talk to us link. And it will send us all nerds a f- piece of email to our inboxes. While you're at Nerdami.com, you could do a couple things. You could click on that donate button, give us a little bit of cash to help keep the podcast running. Buy a t-shirt. There might be a dinosaur-themed shirt there. I think there is. I'm not sure. Um, And or really, the most important thing you can do, uh, in addition to that, following us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Important. Writing us a letter or PO boxes on the website. Most important thing you can do is spread the word of nerd like a bird turd. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your elected officials, tell your clergymen, tell your school teachers for your kids, um, and then regret three sixes of those uh, decisions. Um, and uh, just tell your friends about it, and don't just tell it, them about it. Actively engage, retweet what we post, like what we post, share what we post. You know. That's how we get more listeners who want to listen to us. Absolutely. Spread the nerdotomy love. Yeah. Word of nerd. Word of nerd. Like a bird turd. Like a bird turd. There you go. Because it goes it goes everywhere. It spreads everywhere. <laughs> it's good luck, though, when a bird turds on you. So. Is it really? Yeah. Yes. The first time I got a bird shit on me was I was like in second grade, and it was in the middle of lunch recess. No, it's good luck. Well, there's a bald spot there now from when it happens, <laughs> so I'm not sure if it's really good luck. Maybe not good luck for you, but for most people, it is good luck. So you guys, small. you guys it's should. The earth in which yeah. it fell. It's a, very, it's a very small bald spot. <laughs> yeah. very, so you, very, very tiny. So everyone else except for Brian, it's good luck for. <laughs> that had that that bird had a very acidic like. They, it had a really a really a really vocals. acidic lunch. <laughs> The only eight-year-old with a bald spot. Uh, 
<laughs> okay, guys, we're having way too much fun, but we have to get out of here. So, Vanessa, thank you. Love you. Aww. Adam, thank you. Love you, too. Um, we gotta get out of here, but until we meet again, stay nerdy. Tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel. Nerdonomy.com. Bye, everyone. Later. And roll credits. And now... Famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. If I don't make it back, remember, you're the one who made me come. <sighs> Fucking figures. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty.